Again yesterday, I got to spend some time with one of my favorite teachers, Mr. Steve Hartman, and got to hear him talk about what his life was like when he first came to Crane and what his life has been like since he left the town. And so listen to DaleWileyShow.com to learn more. I'm sitting here talking to my high school English teacher and one of the famous, one of the most famous, favorite people I've ever met, Mr. Steve Hartman. And so I just am so happy to be here, and I just want to talk to you about you. Well, thank you, Dale. I, I appreciate that the kind <laughs> words, always. <laughs> and so let's just start with, tell me your story of how you came into my life at the 20 years of 28 years old and in the town of Creighton, Missouri. I had just finished my third year of teaching at Miami of Amaret, okay. and I was looking to, um, of course, that time I was still trying to climb the coaching ladder a little bit, too, and I wanted to go to a bigger school. <laughs> right. so, so I contacted Crane and talked to, to, to Jim Horton, right. and he invited me down for an interview, and, and we hit it off pretty well, and the interview went well, and so that's how I ended up at, as a Crane Pirate. <laughs> well, before that, though, you were involved in the Northwest Missouri Baseball Consortium Seed. And so let's talk about your life and your upbringing and what brought you to, you know, because I know that baseball was a big part of your life. And let's talk about that. Well, born and, born and raised in Maryville. And okay. I found out at an early age that of, of the major sports, baseball was the, well, number one, I had the passion for it. Number two, it was, it was by far the one I was the best at. <laughs> I, I really didn't care for football because they want to hit you. Right. And and and, ba and basketball, I, you know, on on a good day, I can jump over the Hurley phone book. So that so so that really kind of limited my basketball options. So baseball became you the. Planned that joke, didn't you? That was a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try to make it geographic, you know, sensitive, so people will understand. Right. You know, but um, so no, so I played baseball all the way through. You know, I started when I was nine years old. Okay. Uh, finished finished second in the local. Phillips 66 pitch hit and throw competition. Still have the plaque. And, and played little league played played on a really a really good pony league team, which at that time in Maryville pony league was 15 and 16 year old. We played a schedule of a, of four states. Well, we played we couldn't play Iowa because they have high school baseball, but we played Nebraska teams, Kansas teams, and Missouri teams. We won um, 48 straight games over two years. Okay. And that really. You know, when you when you play the best competition and you're, and you're able to be successful, that really piqued my interest. Yeah. My, my last year of Legion, we went to the um, American Legion. We went to the Western Zone Finals, which which that puts you in the Final Four in, of Missouri Legion teams. Okay, great. And we, and we lost to Carthage, um, who their shortstop was Felix Wright, who played free safety for the Cleveland Browns for years and years. Wow. Yeah, they were in. So then I went. I, I went and played a year at Iowa Western Community College in Clorinda and then came back to, to uh, my hometown of Maryville in Northwest Missouri State and played. Yeah, and who were your teammates with there? Um, Gary Gaetti, the yeah. former Minnesota Twin Cardinal. Well, and, and Gary's big claim to fame, too, was in 98 when the year of McGuire and Sosa and the big chase, he played for both the Cardinals and Cubs that year. Really? Yes, he did. I didn't realize that. How many teams did he play for? Let's see, he, he was a twin, and then he went to the Angels, and then he was a Royal for a while, and then he went to the Cardinals, Cubs, 
I think he finished up he with the Red Sox. Wow, that's quite a career. Yeah, he had a, quite a quite a career and, and a tremendous third base. Now he played shortstop in college, and he had a, he had a rifle. Uh huh. I mean, you could just tell. I mean, he even then he was he, he was so much better than the rest of us. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's part of one of the deals is, you know, so often, you know, it's just like when you see that kind of talent, you just realize how big a gap there is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, from the time I was, I don't know, probably well, nine years old when I got interested, I, I would always practice signing baseballs because so someday when I made the big leagues, I would be able to, to view the autograph correctly. Well, when you, when you start to play with talent like that, you realize, oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> Real, reality, reality hits you in the nose. You know, you realize that even there, you know, he was a good major leaguer, but he was not a Hall of Famer, you know, not even close. Right, right. You know, and that's what tells you what levels there still are to be reached. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you brought your interest in baseball all the way to Crane, you know, and you had a big influence in so many of our lives, you know, and I just, you know, I just thought that you'd be fun to have on here because, you know, it's just so fun to think about all the stuff that we talked about and did with you and, you know, a very interesting two-year period. Well, and if you keep in mind, too, about that same time that I was in Crane, that was at the time period that the movie Field of Dreams came out. Yeah. So, so, and so really, you know, I think baseball, in, in, in a lot of respects, is a great microcosm of life. You can learn a lot of things about life You're through right. baseball. You know, and then what I think about is that was the two years where there were four baseball movies. Oh, yeah. Now, there, was, there was Field of Dreams at Eight Men Out and Major League and what was the other one? Was Bull Durham? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great, try, that's a great foursome of baseball movies. Yeah, well, you know, and a funny story about Bull Durham is one of the uh, classic scenes in that movie. Actually, I, I I experienced it in real life. I was at junior college at Clarinda, Iowa, playing baseball, uh-huh. and um, we had tickets to Omaha to a Kiss concert. This is 1978. So this is when 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 tickets to a Kiss concert in 78. That was that was huge. Uh-huh. So. We, we, it was scheduled on a day when we didn't have a game, so we could go. Well, we had a game get rained out, so Coach rescheduled the game on the day of the KISS concert. Oh, no. Well, there were four of us who that was our work-study job was to take care of the field. Right. So somehow, accidentally, <laughs> that morning when Coach went to the field, the hoses were all strung out across the field, and it had been watered all night. It was unplayable. So. Oh, gosh. That's not the scene I was imagining, but that is a good scene in Bulldorum. I just watched that movie recently. Well, the first time I saw it in the theater, I just started laughing. It's like, wow. <laughs> it it can't happen. <laughs> yes, definitely. And, you know, of course, talk about your years in Crane and what your memories are for that. Well, one of my reoccurring – well, the thoughts of Crane, number one, it was the best – you can buy the best limeade anywhere in the world in Crane. Yes, definitely. And, um, you know, just the, the cast of characters in Crane. A lot, of, a lot of really good people, but a lot of really fun people. Game of all. <laughs> yeah. Got so it was. Daddy, Sean Chastain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, school-wise, it was, you know, 
you think about the faculty at that time. You had Coach Conrad, you had Coach Reedus, you had Coach Horton, right? Myself, you know, Mrs. Vincent and Mrs. Dewitt, and all this. You know, it was it was a fun time because we would always, while we were waiting for you guys to to get there in the mornings, we would all gather in the teachers' lounge about seven forty-five and just you know take fifteen minutes and talk to prepare for the day. What yeah. a great, what a great group! What a fun group! What a diverse group! You didn't even mention Mr. Pratt in there, who was no, that's right, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. So. And so you know, it was it was a good time for students and teachers, as I see it. Well, I think so, and you know, I agree with that, and I think that that you know, I think you know. I don't want to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but I think your generation, I think you were still raised in a good time. Right. Oh, I, I know we were. <laughs> see, well, see, you've now joined the old fuddy-duddy group along with us. So. <laughs> yes, I definitely have. The strokes have definitely helped. Yes. No. Oh, absolutely. I, it's, it really, see, that's what, you know, we talk about the strokes, and I'm, I'm so glad that you have, you, have, you have made an astounding recovery. I'm so, you know, having had one myself, I thought maybe you would start this whole thing with play a little Billy Squire in the background. <laughs> yes, you know, and of course, Billy Squire I saw with your friend with Stacy. Yep. You know, and that's another connection that we made during those years. You know, I think about you know all the connections that you brought to me, and you know she was the college of the Ozarks, and just so many things that we all shared together oh it was it was fun you know and i i remember you know i you know when stacy went to school down there at college of the ozarks i worked their basketball camp and that was that was right. fun you know and to get to to get to see the um the um beverly hillbilly's car oh that's <laughs> well, well and, the, and the bad thing is you know the you know like i said i, I remember remember um when when castville when the when the uh Fish Hatchery would release the trout. We, we finally just, we wouldn't even try to have school because it was impossible. Right. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, I just even think about, you know, the stuff that we did in terms of like, you know, just laughing at the, you know, the Craig Gerber moments, you know. The, I was just going to bring up Craig Gerber while I go and you talk about baseball. It's like, wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, the deal is, you know, and, Russ Borland and Brian Harmon, and you know, even in this podcast, I've got to start talking about the the really good 1982 baseball team that was, you know, underrated oh, in my opinion. Absolutely, I think you know, <laughs> and, and you know, one of the things I just heard a thing the other day. Um, I I believe he is in the Orioles chain now, maybe not, but like in the, like the AAA pitching coach for 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 Baltimore is Kenny Steenstra. Really? Okay. And I, I thought there's a, there's a name from my, from the crane pass. Oh yeah. Because you guys are we we all really worried about him and and we whipped him pretty good. I mean, we did work him pretty good in the 1988 state quarterfinal game. Live at Tootie Parsons. Yes, definitely. That's right because you know really you know he had pitched no hitter two days earlier. That's yeah, that's the thing. He did. He really, he wasn't very sharp because you could tell he'd had, you know, he'd thrown a few pitches today. But that was back in the days before pitch limits and pitch counts and all that. Right. Yes. <laughs> Stuff. Those were not even constant. <clears throat> right. But you know, again, it's just kind of so funny to think about all that stuff 
that went on at that time that, you know, and then I still remember the, you know, the great comment that you made to Tanya Glover and all of the, all the best basketball players that went to, uh, that went to the game at Catholic, which, do you remember that at all? No, well, I don't, I don't, I, I said a lot of things, so. Well, so in other words, that day, you were getting schooled by Catholic. It was oh, not yes. a good day for us, basketball-wise. Yes. And what I remember is we got back on the bus, and it just felt like the moment needed to be lightened a little bit. And so basically, for whatever reason, you said tomorrow would not be the day to forget your gear for practice. <laughs> and I responded with, what would be the day? You know, and that was a totally inappropriate response, but, you know, what would be the day to future practice? Yeah, here? exactly. True. <laughs> well, and of course, now Crane had so many amazing basketball teams. Oh, absolutely. Was, you know, they were good in, in the late 80s, but they were not what they are now. Well, both, both sides, both boys and girls, consistently year in and year out, they're, they're, they're very good. Yeah. You know, and I really feel like that definitely kind of, you know, I think that somehow I really feel like our generation learned, you know, how to be better at the stuff than we were. Well, I think I think every I think that's the same with I think everybody feels like that. No matter what generation you're in, you always number one. I think as as a person, you always strive for you know if there's something you love or you're passionate about, you want your kids number one to share that passion love. Number two, you want to pass on to them and want them to be better than you were. Yeah, I I think that that just permeates our society. And so now, talk about your life now. What is going on now for you? Okay, I teach right now at Craig, Missouri. I teach 712 English, and Craig was this little community up here in northwest Missouri that was ravaged by the floods last year. Okay. So we are, you know, financially the district is, is in great shape, but, but student-wise, well, to give you an idea, I have two students in my seventh grade English class. I have two students in eighth grade. Really? I have two students in ninth grade. I have two in tenth. Three and eleventh, and I have five seniors. Wow, that makes so, her look big. So, so I can I can keep up with the grading. Yes, definitely. <laughs> well, how how is that? Because that sounds like a challenge. Well, it's it, I tell you what you know what I found interesting about it, Dale, is you you don't realize how much time, and it, you can relate to this with your class, how much time in class that you spend on <laughs> quieting disruptions, etc. You know, when you only have two kids, you know, you can, you can get to the content in 35, 40 minutes, and it's like, wow. Yeah, that's right. Because they, they get along well. I mean, it's not like we don't have any kids who really cause trouble or anything. We don't. So they've, they've told us that the district will definitely be open again next year, but beyond that, they, you know, the numbers will have to come back a little bit. Really? Yeah, I would think so. And so... Are you coaching at all? See, we, 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 co- we co-op everything athletically with Mound City, who is our neighbor to the south. So we don't actually – so no, I'm not. Really? To, to, I, was, I was going to direct the play this spring. That was my one duty. But now since school has been canceled or since school is out, we won't have the play. What was the play? 
It was going to be the female version of of Neil Simon's The Odd Couple. Really? Okay. Because yes. I had two seniors who had lots of, of prior play experience. So, you know, again, not not very scientific and not very smart as I am. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I've got two that have that I can lean on. Let's 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 make yeah. them the stars. What are their so, names? Their names are Skylar Herford or Hufford and Sierra. Um oh, I forget what Sierra's last name is right now. It escapes me. But Skylar and Sierra, I'll my two seniors. Go on now, and we'll try that again in a minute. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not sure I'll remember her name. <laughs> and so, you know, just like think about. Um, so tell me about Sherry and the in your kids. Okay, Sherry has now. She's been retired. She's been unable to work since 2013. She has a very bad combination of MS compounded by severe diabetes. So if you, you know, for, the, for those of you who are familiar with the medical profession, if you treat the diabetes, the MS runs wild. And if you treat the MS with steroids, and that messes the blood sugar up, something fierce. So it's a constant give and take to figure out a balancing act. That's and she, you know, some days she has better days than others. Um, my daughter, Jamie, is 29 now. We see. She just turned 20 on April. She's an April Fool's baby. Okay. She's she's married to Bill Goral, and they have a farm south of Marshall. Okay. And my son Joe is 27 now, and he is a a communication a satellite tech for Blue Sky Communications out of Council Bluffs. Yeah, you know I met Joe a couple times. Very nice kid. Never met Jamie, but I'm sure she's wonderful as well. Oh, she's she's uh, much much nicer. She's much more dispositioned, like her mother, much nicer than I am. <laughs> well, let's talk about Sherry and just like tell everybody just what a wonderful gal you're married to. Well, she like I said, she she was an she was an elementary teacher and an at risk teacher at Brookfield for oh twenty seven twenty eight years. But she did you know, and her health just kept finally deteriorating so she finally had to, to give up the job that she she loves so she's been a wonderful wife wonderful mother um she still rules the roost around here so <laughs> well so are there any new adventures that you have or any new you know things that you're passionate about oh i'm trying to think um you know not so much i, I i've become well and it's 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 worked out well with this uh, with with our self isolation that we've had to go through. I'm I, I enjoy well MLB the show is the, I, I'm a big gamer PS4 person, but that's the only thing I play is MLB the show. So now I get my baseball fix every day. <laughs> and when you control all the variables on the game, I am almost Herzog like in my managerial skills. <laughs> well, that is fantastic. That's good to hear. But beyond that, course, but nothing is better than the. The game that we played oh, the, on, on the five and a quarter inch floppy disk on the yeah. Apple II, and Brian Harmon clapping so slowly and so loudly. <laughs> well, remember Russ Russ Moreland had to had to take the Cubs because his cousin Keith played for them. Yes, you know I just like those were the days, you know. Well, yeah, and speaking of the days, I you know I think we would be remiss if we didn't do a shout out to. Uh, to White Thunder and Mrs. Thunder, as, as we, I hope yes. they conti I continue their recovery. Yes, that is so right. We need to shout out 
host White Thunder and Mrs. Thunder, otherwise known as Matthew and Becky Boyles. There you go. Yes. And, you know, it's just funny, like, all the way that everything comes back together. And, you know, even our love of music, you know, at this time, as far as I see it, it's a really great time of music. We could actually sit down and listen to some new stuff. I think, you know, now this is, this is only one, one old person's opinion. I think music, especially the music that I like, the rock, has kind of come back a little bit, I, which I, you know, I, I really like the, well, I, I love the Foo Fighters. I think Dave Grohl is, is, is I think yeah. he's a, a great historian, plus he's done a lot of good things. Right, definitely. But you talk about, you know, the, the, some of the stuff like Five Finger Death Punch and some of those things, like, you know, that's, they really, I mean, it's, it's like real rock again. Well, and I've got to take a minute to shout out my cousin, Tess Wiley. Well, yes. Has been performing from Germany, and it's been so fun to listen to her absolutely beautiful songs and, you know, just think that it's going, you know, across, across the globe. You know, speaking of music, that's one of my, one of my all-time memories of my time in Crane was, I think you had actually alerted me that, that Cheap Trick was going to play a like a local bar there in Springfield. Yeah. So, so we, I called ahead and we got tickets. And Sherry and I sat at a table for two, and we were probably three feet away from Rick Nielsen. <laughs> you know, that was actually the, before the, the production of The Flame. You know, yeah. that's when oh, they yeah. went back and got really big, but they were, there was a time when they were really small. And, and it's funny. Was, oh, yeah. It's, it's funny because I enjoy, you know, my son is, is a big – of course, you can't grow up with, with me as a dad and not. But he was he became a big, he's a huge Foreigner fan. So okay. he went to Starlight Theater last, last summer to see Foreigner. And I said, don't sleep on the opening act, which was Cheap Trick. And he came back oh, home and he, so big. he said, Dad, you're right. He said, man, he said, they were, they were awesome. Yeah, they're the best, no doubt about it. And my daughter, Sarah, is a huge Cheap Trick fan. Well, they really haven't compromised their sound or anything over the years. You know, I used to be like in high school, I was a big REO Speedwagon fan. Well, they, to me, they, they, they popped out. Right. Because they got too poppy. They got too, too radio friendly. But Cheap Trick, is, their sound has never changed. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that's one of the things that I still love them. And I think that they're awesome. And, you know, you know, I just, you know, it's like I got to know Tommy Shaw a little bit when I was, doing the biodiesel stuff, and he's a really cool guy, you know. And right. so it's just cool to get to see all the people and all the things that are still out there and what's still coming around. You know, and that's funny, too, because you mentioned Tommy Shaw. I remember one day, in, um, and it was in, in your English class, uh-huh. and remember Thomas Fetters had found an old cassette tape of Ted Nugent. Okay. So I had him go home and listen. He goes, he's not really that good. He thought he came back and said, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> which at that time, which at that time to me, that was like blasphemy. Don't, you know, you can say, say anything you want about anybody, but don't, don't, don't badmouth Uncle Ted. Exactly. And I, you know, I got to meet Uncle Ted. Well, you back, told me that. Yes, I did. And he, he, the deal was that it was during the biodiesel thing. And Uncle Ted actually, he he threatened to shoot off my kneecap. <laughs> you know, which is possibly the coolest threat that could ever be uttered by Ted Nugent. So what you're saying is Uncle Ted did not disappoint lots. Exactly. 
He's really tall and really <laughs> enormous in personality. And oh, so yeah. What a great experience to have. In other words, he was telling me this stuff and just absolutely from the heart told me he wanted to shoot my kneecaps <laughs> Well, there you go. That's you a know, good thing about that, Ted. There's not a lot of pretense there. Yes, exactly. And so, again, you know, that's the, the cool experience and the really cool conversation that I wanted to have with you and bring you on the podcast and, you know, just hear what you were doing. Well, that's, you know, and like I said, I, you know, I, I live in Fairfax, Missouri, which is a, a very small town. It's about, oh, six, seven miles north of Craig because you couldn't find a place to live in Craig because all of the houses in the community except for four had different varying amounts of flood water in them during the flood. So, okay. so there, there, weren't any, there weren't any rentals or houses that you would want. Uh-huh. So one of, my, um, one of my former students at West Nottaway, who I had in fifth grade PE, he lives in Fairfax, and he found a, a house across the street from him that we could rent. So we live in Fairfax. You know, it's actually funny because the fact that you are now teaching in Craig, Missouri, makes me think of my my friend Michael Riley. And uh-huh. Michael Riley and I would always joke with each other that if we weren't married by the age of thirty that we were gonna get married and then we we're gonna change her name to Michael Riley Riley. Well that would be awesome. <laughs> and so I think that you having a you know, teaching in Craig, that's exactly what it reminds me of. And I, I'm very good, and that's one of the blessings of Facebook. I'm very, I'm good friends with Michael now. We we converse yeah, back and forth. So yeah, it's not, the Facebook is, and it's a funny story about Facebook. We, the the year that I was a sales rep for a publishing company, we lived out in Ohio because my sales territory was Michigan, Ohio, and West Virginia. Right. And so my Jamie had a Facebook account, Joe had a Facebook account, and Sherry had a Facebook account, and I would I would never get one, so I would always spy off of theirs. So one, one week when I was gone on a sales trip, they, they went ahead and created a Facebook account for me. And this is 2012. Within two weeks, I had almost 200 friend requests from former students. Yeah, definitely. Which was, it, was, it was so cool to see what they, you know, where they were and what they were doing. And then to add to that, the, before this season, the, before this school year, the last two school years, I spent at Miami of Amaret. Uh-huh. Which which was where I came from, and it's where I met Sherry thirty years ago. Right. So I got to go back and teach the kids of kids that I taught before. Wow! And which so was what is Stacy doing now? She is well. She's <laughs> she's retired now. She she married Paul Kimberling, and Paul was a very successful Edward Jones um, representative. And so they, okay. she lives in West Plains, Missouri. Awesome. She she does a little volunteer coaching and teaching I think at times but and and Paul's children have several grandchildren so she's a she's a grandmother and she enjoys that <laughs> so well you know that's somebody that I'd like to find out and get reconnected with and you know it's just amazing how you know you can talk about the bad side of technology and there's plenty of bad stuff. But at a time like this, it's really amazing to feel like you're able to call you out and talk to you, you know. It's well, just 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 to be able to connect with people, you know. And it's it's interesting to me as a as a former teacher or as a teacher to see, you know, because when you have kids, when you're because number one, when you're a teacher, 
the first time you meet a kid, they're always frozen kind of in your mind. That's, you know, you will always, you will, you will always be the 15-year-old sophomore. That's <laughs> yes. just, that goes with the territory. Right. But it's, it, it's interesting to see how, you know, kids have evolved and matured and, you know, entered adulthood and how they, you know, because it's like some of them are just amazed. It's like I, would have, I wouldn't have given a foot for, you know, so-and-so's chances of ever being a, a productive adult, and yet they really are. <laughs> like, Wow. Exactly, it's and for and, and for some, you can look at you can look at their Facebook page and say, "Well, the light bulb never did come on." <laughs> yes, and some they went out. You know that's, that's right. Thing. You know, but it's not a cool thing. But it's really cool to get to connect with somebody that really had. You know, in other words, I don't think that you really understand how much effect you had on so many kids at Crane for two years that you taught, and then a year of running the baseball card shop. Well, I think that, you know, and I think it was the perfect storm. I, I think that, you know, I, I came at a good time and, you know, I entered your, you guys' lives in, at a good time. You're very impressionable. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> although, although I, would, I did not plant the seed for you to, to uh, attempt to rope the school with, with twine, <laughs> that, that, all, that all came from the mind of your, from you. Tim Stone, I think. Tim Stone, <laughs> who, who bought Sherry's car and turned it into Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, trying to make it fly. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it was a good time, you know. Oh. It's just like you were the perfect guy, and then, you know, you went on, and we stayed in touch for a while, and then we lost touch. You know, I did manage to get you Kurt Vonnegut's autograph. Let's point that out. You did? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and I did, to, I did, to, you know, maybe, maybe it wasn't the wisest thing, but I told, you know, a sophomore, you know, I recommend Breakfast of Champions. It's a great book. <laughs> <laughs> he probably didn't like it. Is that right? No, I like Breakfast of Champions. It's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> I remember I did, when I, my junior year at high school, I did a book report on it, and my, my, now my English teacher was not impressed. But. <laughs> you know, what I remember as being so funny about that was that's another one of those things that just brings me back because I remember that in my junior year of college, I was I was perfectly prepared to have lunch with Kurt Vonnegut, which I had the I had the luxury of doing, you know, before he died. And the deal was that other attendees at that lunch, the most famous one was William Gass, the famous writer, and you know, very, very big, always interesting person. But the deal was he really wanted to have the highest brow conversation that he could have with Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> oh, my. Was that Kurt Vonnegut wanted to talk about baseball. There you go. So, you know who the one person there was that could hold a conversation about baseball was? You. Me. <laughs> Perfect. And so we talked about the the 92 Mets with Kurt Vonnegut, and I just have cherished that forever because that was a really cool moment. See, sometimes when the planets align perfectly, things like that happen. You just, you can't, you know, you can't script it. You can't prepare for it. It just happens. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, that's why I just think that this is such a cool conversation. And anything else that you want to add, anything else you want to convey to the audience? Well, like I said, you know, I really enjoyed my time in Crane. I, I you know, and, and I enjoyed living in Southwest Missouri and getting to, you know, and, you know, say what you will about the area, but the Ozarks are full of lots of customs and traditions. 
it, it, it's fantastic to have you know to, to at least be familiar with them. If not right. having you know lived them, not not being an, a native, but still having right. having got to share those and, and see you know some of those you know I still would like to I never have seen a picture of Tootie Parsons. <laughs> I'll try to get one. Send me one. Send me one because I and I always thought that was such a good name. It's, it's a perfect baseball. Name. Somebody was I read a thing the other day. Somebody was saying that you know we don't have cool baseball names anymore. There are no. They're all, you know, there are no Tootie Parsons now. <laughs> yes, you're right. Boog Powell. There are no Boog Powells. Definitely. That's so right. But that's why I'm just so thankful that you're able to stop by the podcast and, you know, shed some joy. And, you know, i just so happy to, to have you on here. Well, like I said, after that big Facebook right you now build up that you, you you created yesterday i'm like you know i'm sure the world is waiting with bated breath to hear the <laughs> the steve hartman podcast but you will clearly yeah <laughs> i know that there'll be several people that will like it and listen to it and that's the cool thing you know because in other words in the midst of all this deal i actually find out that i've got connections in scotland and everywhere else and it's just so awesome to see how small the world is well and like you said i think i think that you know again i'm a firm believer that everything happens in life for a reason and right. you know while you're while it was very unfortunate with your health with the series of strokes i think it caused you to, to slow down and look at things definitely it's the best thing that could happen to me i'll say that forever like i said now now i agree i agree with, with that with one of my stroke except i wish that i did i didn't walk like uh, sometimes like otis on on saturday <laughs> night on mayberry rfd but it's kind of i kind of have that balance issue a little bit at times but well other than, other, other than having the otis syndrome i don't i do pretty well i still occasionally walk like a target spider but it's all good i'm getting better and what a good time to have a stroke <laughs> if if there is such a thing, <laughs> yes, exactly. And oh, so and I remember, and and, and you can coming on, and anything else you want to say? Well, like I said, that the two seniors were were um, Skylar Hufford and Sierra Blizner. Okay, very nice, and so glad that we got that in there. That's right. And, to get them a little, yeah. little time. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that you got to add that one detail, and otherwise. And like I said, I want to you know I want to shout out to all my all my friends and acquaintances at Crane and and like I said I, I you know it was a, it was a wonderful time in my life and and like I said our you know my oldest was born there at Cox South in yeah, Springfield definitely. so Jenny was born there up on the hill yeah. so. good times for all so That's right anyway please say hi to Sherry and let her know that we're all praying for her and doing whatever we can because we'll do a wonderful one. I appreciate that, and I thank you. And um, it's been a joy. And you know, I guess if you you know if you get hard up again and need more guests for the podcast, I'm, uh, <laughs> you know we're 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 not scheduled to go back to school until at least April 26th, <laughs> and I have my doubts that we'll go back at all this year. So I think I'm available. That is, that makes, that's great. So thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Dale. Bye bye. Again, one of my all-time favorites, Mr. Steve Hartman, and thank you for listening to The Dale Wiley Show, and join me at dalewileyshow.com.